G'day guys and welcome back to episode 46 of the Bradley J Driver Experience. I'm your host Bradley J Driver, but you can call me Brad, you can call me the pilot, the man in charge, fuck for all I care, stand at the top of the table and say oh captain my captain, if that sits well with you. But before I announce today's guest, you know what we always talk about is that event that I've got coming up at the end of the year, December 12th, 42 for CF. It's a marathon event that I'm running here in Wollongong for the charity that's very close to both mine and my guest's heart here today, that's cystic fibrosis. So we're raising funds, but more importantly, spreading a message that nothing's impossible, that with a positive outlook on life and a good work ethic, you can achieve anything. So head to the show notes for the link to that fundraising page or find me on social at Bradley J Driver, where you'll see plenty of posts and updates. We want to encourage all to share their running efforts to their Instagram stories and their posts, tagging CF Australia and myself with that all important hashtag 42FORCF. But enough about that and on to today's guest. Well, he describes himself as a 45-year-old man trapped inside an 18-year-old's body. He's the Aussie TikTok sensation that's taken the app by storm with over 500,000 followers, but you won't see him hitting the renegade. Rather, you'll see the beginnings of a comedic genius, likened to that of the young Chris Lilly for his character-based comedy skits. The future is bright, and he's a fellow cystic fibrosis patient at that too. He's doing amazing things in his life, and ladies and gentlemen, it's my absolute pleasure to introduce Mr. Blake Pavey. How are you, brother? Good, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. Mate, it's my pleasure. It's, um, it's exciting, you know. Funnily for me, I always, you know, have these and I book these guests and I always think back to where I first experienced that person. And for me, I was scrolling through TikTok one day and this lad strolls on the screen, dressed up, button up, jeans, the belt on, pair of ASICs. And man, you just hit me with this absolute cracker. It was like the perfect impersonation of a dad. And I was like, fuck, this guy's really funny. I started following you. And then it was probably man, probably three or four months in that I realized you had cystic fibrosis as well, which made me even more intrigued, you know, to see someone who's been through a similar life to myself and to see how well you're doing and how good you look. So make credit to you. Where did it all begin? Um, pretty much about, well, it took me about three, four months of convincing to actually get the app. I was one of the blokes who usually just bagged the shit out of everyone who had TikTok in the first place. But, um, then in sort of like December time, that's when I um that's when I started actually posting videos to the app. So one of them blew up, and then uh, just started riding the wave, and just uh, just been doing it ever since then. So it's been about nearly a year since I've actually had the app. So so yeah, it's just gone crazy over the past year. So talk to me about you know obviously to do what you do, and you know I think there's a lot of people that follow this guy. I know I've had a lot of conversations in the past couple of days saying that you're coming on. And heaps of people are like, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I follow him. Yeah, I know what he's doing. So I think you're pretty well known, especially here in Oz, because I think it is really Aussie style humor. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'd like to think, or I'd, I'd think I'd be correct in assuming that you've always had that sort of funny side to you. I think that's a pretty, um, not the sort of thing you develop. You're kind of born with that sense of humor. But where did you decide to start actually making content out of this and go, okay, this is something I want to pursue. Yeah, well, it sort of started, I don't really know how it started. I think it just really came about from just trying to make my mates laugh, you know, like just posting shit on TikTok. And then 
you know, trying to show your mates at school for a bit of a laugh. But um, I think I just got lucky and hit the good algorithm one day. And um, now I've got about 500,000 mates that are trying to make laugh. But um, but yeah, ever since then, I've just been trying to do it and just riding the wave. And I've never had really any goals uh, set for it um, until like very recently. But um, now that a few doors have opened, now I'm going to start probably thinking about it more as sort of a, a career in uh, in that form. But um, but yeah, it's really just came out of um, just trying to make my mates laugh and all that sort of stuff. You said it there in your answer. You mentioned school. You know, for most people listening to this, they'd go, fuck, this guy's young. Well, he's, you're 18 years of age, right? Yeah. So super young. And it's crazy because to get the exposure you've got at this age is insane. But I guess that's what we've seen out of TikTok, right? We've seen, you know, anyone from oh, probably like 12-year-olds through to, you know, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds that are having success on this app, being themselves and creating. You know, you do it very differently, which is what I like. I think it's really easy these days to follow a trend like we said before, you know, do a renegade, hit a woe, and all of a sudden you got fucking followers falling out of your, your hat and bloody likes everywhere. But I think for you to do something that's really original, it takes some balls because you're going to cop, obviously, positive and negative criticism. Um, what's that been like at a young age? Um, I've been pretty lucky. I've escaped the, um, you know, the rabbit hole of uh, getting a lot of hate comments, luckily. But um, yeah, most like 99.9% of the time, the comments are pretty positive. The only time I really cop uh, any flack at all is when I'm doing my COVID videos and it's all the Americans getting mad at me, calling me a like a dickhead and all that sort of stuff and just hurling abuse at me. But at the same time, those are the ones that you kind of can have a giggle at and, you know, can kind of, um, you know, take any sort of sense of humor out of it. But, um, but yeah, I don't really give a shit about the hate comments cause I know that, you know, they're just like a lot more of a sadder person than I am. And, um, at the end of the day, like, like everyone else is pretty much uh, like a hundred percent supportive towards me. So yeah, it's just, you just got to ignore it. That's the main thing. That's awesome to hear brother. So when you first started doing this, I know you, you hear a lot of people, there's some people on the app that have taken off almost instantaneously with their first one or two posts and that goes viral and crazy. And then everything from there is a hit. Then you've got the others that have, you know, one viral sensation, then never again. And I know it's like, it's almost for those people you hear, it's like they're chasing that, they're chasing that and they can never seem to get it back. How did that happen for you? Was it instantaneous and then just followed on from there? Um, well, it was a bit of both really. I got the app and then I posted, I posted one shitty video and then the second ever video I posted, it was like, um, it wasn't like a sketch or anything. It was set to like a, like one of the sounds you use on the app and, um, it started going off in, I posted that one in about September time and it went off and it got about, I think about 800,000 views or something like that. And then, um, and then after that, it took me about another couple of months for the next video to go off. And that was the first sort of dad video I did. So like I posted that one and it went well and then um, it was a good wait till the next one. But um, I never really had any like um, aspirations to chase another viral video. Again, I was just trying to make my mates laugh. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and obviously, you're influenced by your old man. Yeah, 100%. Videos. And I think we can all relate. Like, we've all got... Everyone's dad has probably put on a pair of New Balance or Asics at some point, jogged up and down the store to test them out before they buy, you know, try before you buy, as they say. You know, they've all got that typical banter or they come into the room and 
I love the ones where you walk into the room and you sit down on the bed and put your hand out. Oh, and that's great. It's bang, it's bang on, man. It's so true. Where does the inspiration for this come from? Is it just everything within your life? Yeah, pretty much. Well, all the characters I do come from, uh, you know, different spots. Obviously, the dad characters, uh, you know, very closely uh, based on my dad and um, and all of the shit that I've seen him do and, and some of his mates do as well. But um, the other characters, like the girls, are just based off, you know, girls at my school, but like just dialed up to 11 and all that sort of stuff. And then the rest of them come from, you know, a whole range of places. It could be like people in my town or people I've seen on TV and, and all that sort of stuff. So I just steal from anywhere and see what I can make out of it. You're pretty close to your family, right? Yeah, always. They obviously yeah. see all this. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I think it took them a bit of getting used to, but now they're they're on the train with me. They love it. I always catch dad watching my TikToks, um, like on repeat and stuff like that. So it's good. That's awesome. What are the kids at school like? Your mates and your peers. Obviously, some would go, "Fuck, is that character based off me?" Yeah, yeah. No, nah, it's um, my mates at school. They've always been pretty chill about it. Like. Um, yeah, they sort of been with me this whole time that I've, um, been on the app. So like, they don't really give a shit, but they still think it's cool. So like, it's good to have people who can like, just keep you on the ground and all that sort of stuff. And, um, and yeah, the rest of the school that I, the school community I go to, they've been pretty chill about it as well. So I've got no complaints there, thank God. But, um, if I was a bloody like renegade type, guy i think it'd be a bit different but um but yeah it's just it's basically just my humor that i have at school is what i put on the app so um i get you they don't really see much difference from me so i don't think anyone really gives a shit have you always been a really outgoing character um oh not really probably probably in primary school i wasn't i was a bit shyer in hot in, uh, in primary school and all that sort of stuff but when i hit about year year nine or something that's when I really started to just like stop giving a shit and all that sort of stuff but um but yeah sort of um I've never really been too outgoing like in class and all that sort of stuff but I've just always been that person who just wants to have a laugh and doesn't really take anything too seriously so so I guess I've always just been that sort of class clown type person. Do you think that comes from just maturity like as you get older you start to get more comfortable with who you are and you're not sort of as scared to voice that? Yeah, pretty much. I don't. I think it's just like a lot of comfortability, like um, with mates and stuff. Like when you get into high school, you really just start to seal in like who your who your real mates are and who you can really just find yourself comfortable with. So once the banter gets rolling, it doesn't really stop. But um, but yeah, that's where it mainly comes from. Talk to me about obviously you know you we we're just talking then you you know close to doing your HSC. Were you in the process of? Uh, yeah, I've just finished my trials. I start my actual exams uh, in about 20 days or something like that. If you can't tell, I didn't go to year 12, so I'm not sure of the timing. But obviously before that, you have career goals and things you want to achieve. Then this takes off. And, and you know, we've seen around the world this change the lives of, you know, young people, um, people of all ages, but especially young people through that sort of high school, college or university period where you've got career goals and sort of things you're working towards maybe a little bit of success online changes that or doesn't necessarily change it, but just moves you in a new direction. What's that been like for you and what were those goals pre TikTok and now post? Well, I guess it's, it was pretty much um, always wanted to get in sort of the film and television industry, but sort of um, always wanted to go, 
behind camera and all that sort of stuff. You're like writing and directing and all that sort of stuff. And I guess like with the, not really with the TikToks I make, but more when I post like YouTube content, it's good to get that sort of um, like behind camera and on camera experience. So that's pretty much what I've been enjoying out of that mostly. But um, but yeah, after TikTok, it's basically just been just ride the wave and see what really comes to me. I don't really focus too much on on the long term goals because I, obviously with COVID and stuff, nothing's guaranteed anymore. But um, but yeah, I just feel like if you focus on short term goals, you know, it makes it a lot everything a lot more exciting, and um, you never know what you're going to get. So I just try to focus on that and see what comes to me, and just uh, keep cruising along and and see where everything goes. Have you ever um? Have you ever heard of Joe Damon? Kiwi comedian. Um, it rings a bell. I can't say I've seen too much of his stuff, but it rings a bell. Mate, he's a really fucking funny human. So I found him on TikTok as well, right at the start of the Aussie isolation period, when NZ was in their shutdown, and he come on the show. He's been on twice, and I've created a really good friendship with him. But he's a guy who I think, in in sort of the Kiwi aspect, you know, you have differences in terms of you're very Aussie, he's very Kiwi culture. But you kind of remind me of a younger version of him, like making the skits, the characters. He does very similar. Um, I can see you going and doing stand-up. Has that been something you thought of? Yeah, definitely. I probably, if I wanted to do anything outside of social media, that's probably the stuff that I'd probably look towards um, sort of like near future sort of uh, time frame. But yeah, just more more like professional stuff outside of social media, like stand up and live shows and all that sort of stuff. So, and I've always grown up just watching, you know, like really good Aussie comedians like Carl Barron and all that sort of stuff. So I just want to do anything like them. That'd be pretty sweet. I reckon. Talk to me about the business side of things. I, I've watched one of your YouTube videos this morning, actually you've done a Q and a, and I was just trying to get a bit more info on you before we jumped in here behind the mic. And one of the questions that I, from what it sounded like was really common or probably the most common thing you get is the business side of TikTok and how much money's made. You know, we see the Addison Rays and the Charlie D'Amelios at their youthful ages driving around in brand new cars and buying houses and doing all this crazy shit, but it's not the reality for everyone, is it? Nah, nah, I'm just driving around a shitty Toyota Camry, but, um, but nah, there's like, there's no way to actually make, uh, like, and monetize your, your TikTok uh, over here in Australia, obviously in America, they have like a, like a creative fund or something where you can get money off views, but, um, but nah, there's no way to make actual money off, um, off my content really so far, but, um, but I, at the same time, it's so early days that I don't really worry about that sort of stuff. So, um, you get a cheeky brand deal here and there, but, um, but yeah, I just, um, you know, I take them as they come, but, um, I'm not really too focused on the money at the moment, but, but that is the question I get the most. How much do I make? Do you get belted by managers that want to pick you up to do certain things? And is, is that common? Um, oh, it was common early days, but, um, I have picked up a really good team at the moment who have, uh, who've been working with me the last couple of months and they've been super supportive and they've just been really guiding me along the process and really helping me out. But, um, but yeah, at the start I had a few come to me, but uh, I just have trouble, um, taking advice off people who like don't really know the field and they haven't really 
had much experience in the stuff that I've been doing. I, I get a bit um, hesitant taking advice off them, but the team that have come to me and that I've now signed on with, they're like fully, they're, they're young people. So um, that's good to know that they actually know the space and they know how to, how things work in this new environment. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy with them. How do you feel that this platform and, you know, you just said it there, you know, young people that are managing you on that side of things. You know, I think this platform's seen young people gain, gain extreme influence. How do you see that changing everything, business, um, social space, advertising? Like we're starting to see like 12 year old kids that are rolling out ads for products. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't really know. Really. I'm, I'm sort of clueless when it comes to the business side. That's where I, what that, why I love having managers, they can kind of just guide me through the process. But, um, but yeah, I've really just got no clue. Things seem to change on a dime, especially on TikTok. You know, there's like a new, like there's a new campaign or a new ad coming out pretty much every two days. So, so yeah, I just see a lot of change coming very frequently. That's probably all I can say about that. You know what's all a bit confusing and scary? Buying your first home and getting your first loan approved. You see, I'm 24 and I bought my first property last year. Even as an agent at the time, there was so much I didn't know about finance because we aren't taught these things at school. You see, I'm blessed now because one of my best mates, Zachary Bidoff, is a mortgage broker. And now that I'm self-employed, I have to be smarter with my money. So I sat down with Zach to refinance my loan and to get the absolute best deal I could. And it's saving me money every week. You see, the great thing about Zach is he's 28 years old, super relatable, and he knows everything you need to about buying your first property. So whether it's pre-approval or refinancing that you need, head across to ZacharyBidoff.com or find the link in the show notes. Now you may be hearing that and thinking, I don't need a loan. Maybe you've already secured a home or investment property. I'm sure at the time you purchased that property of yours with purpose. For some, it serves as an investment. For others, it's a space that became a home for you and your family to enjoy. Whatever the reason, with each new beginning comes an end. The family grows, the next investment opportunity presents itself, or maybe it's just time to retire to a beachside apartment and enjoy your days at the local cafes. Regardless of your reason, you'll need an amazing agent to assist in the process and secure a result that allows you to financially facilitate the next purchase. My good friend Jake McKenzie is not only one of the kindest people on planet Earth, but he's a bloody great real estate agent too. A reputation built on the back of exceptional results in the Illawarra region and great morals in each of his property transactions, you can't go wrong in calling on Jake McKenzie for your next property sale. Call Jake on 0411 574 568 or head to the show notes for all of his contact details. As you all know, I've been pushing the body to its limits, training for 42 for CF. Before I started my program, I'd never run more than 6K and within six weeks, I was able to run 25 kilometers. It's amazing to see what the body's capable of, but at the same time, with crazy progress and increased stress on the body, come some of those little injuries or little fires that need to be contained and put out, just to ensure that I keep moving in the right direction. Any runner knows that lower limb issues are almost a certainty when you lace up the sneakers and pound the pavement. That's why I reach out to a specialist to maintain my lower limb health. Sanjay Parisher is the owner and specialist at the Foot and Ankle Clinic of Australia. With his guidance, I've been able to manage my lower limb injuries, 
to keep the ball rolling and the legs clocking over the Ks. For all you runners and athletes, head over and check out their website in the show notes or call 1300 030324 to book your appointment at one of their many locations and find the cause of your lower limb issues. Yeah, definitely. And do you feel any pressure to create consistently? Is that something you struggle with or does it just more naturally come to you? Um, yeah, those are obviously like the, you know, the fears you have when you, when you run and dry for a bit for, a, for you know, content for a, like a span of time. But um, I just try to stay as consistent as I can. And um, I think the main, main concern for me now is just getting more consistent on YouTube and growing that channel because you can actually start to monetize that stuff once it starts to go, uh, get a bit bigger. But, um, but yeah, I think I just try to post pretty much every two, three days um max and post post at least one thing on every piece of social media i have at least in a in like a time frame of like one and two days pretty much so just to keep people knowing that you're that you're still there and um and still around and about but um but yeah i've heard from other people who haven't posted in a while that they can lose their following quite quite quick so um so yeah that's probably just the main thing that stays in the back of my head that i just want to keep um keep my following up and um keep the loyal supporters that i've gained over the time like keeping coming back to my stuff definitely talk to us about life off tiktok you're obviously a I guess you're you're a typical bloody Aussie bloke. Like, love by the sounds of it, love a drink, love being around your mates, love a laugh, love your footy, um, AFL. That is, I'm assuming, yeah. Yeah. Being from a little further down south, I'm more of an NRL guy myself, but I have got a lot of mates yeah. that are right into their AFL. Talk to me about life. Who is Blake Tavy off off the screen? Well, uh, I've pretty much been a local boy my whole life. I'm the only person in my family who's been living in uh, where we're living at the moment for their whole life. All of my family, except for me, is from um, like originally from Melbourne. But um, but yeah, I've just basically just lived that basic Aussie teen life pretty much. You know, just go to school, play footy with your mates, and then obviously uh, you know have a few drinks. Um, and all that sort of stuff, but there's not really much to know. I just love going to the pub with mates. That's about it at the moment. Talk to me about your earlier years. Obviously, you know, we mentioned it at the start of the show and one of the reasons we've connected over the car, probably last couple of days, week is cystic fibrosis. And, you know, you're born in the same condition that I have. And whilst it has its many differences and different outcomes in certain aspects of your life, I don't drink because I've got liver disease. Yeah. Um, so that's not a good idea for me, but you sound like you keep really on top of it and you look really healthy. So how's that all been? Yeah, no, well, I've been one, like, yeah, like you said, I've been one of the um, pretty much one of the really, really lucky ones. I've never been in into the hospital for an extended time um, for anything CF related for like pretty much my whole life. The only time I've had to go in for like more than a, like about a week's time is um, when I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis related diabetes. And that was basically just a, um, like a learning week, basically learning how um, everything works with that. But um, but yeah, I've been super, super lucky with everything and just um, just like been touching wood basically this whole time. So um, me and my mother's philosophy is just if it's if it's uh, not broke, don't try to fix it. So we've just been trying to cruise along uh, pretty much this whole time. But um, but yeah, I think the main thing is just um, like keeping in mind that somebody's always got it worse than you. And um, and if you can keep a sense of humour about things, like there's no real point letting it 
letting it control you. And yeah, that's what I've pretty much been saying the past couple of years, like I can't control it. So there's no real point letting it control me. So that's basically my life with CF. Definitely. I love that, man. I love that mantra. It's, you know, one thing that I've always said is, man, especially because of this marathon, it's been even more present, you know, the amount of people that have reached out to me, um, family members of um, people who have passed on with CF or people with CF who are struggling and sort of finding some sort of inspiration and motivation to get active and to get healthy. It makes you really pinch yourself and realize how lucky you are and how blessed you are just to have a healthy, able body um, with this condition. You're obviously quite sporty, you know, you love your footy. Were you pretty active growing up? Um, I guess uh, I wasn't really active during primary school. I'd rather play the PlayStation and all that sort of stuff. But um, as you hit high school, you start playing a bit more footy and running around with mates. Um, mate, on my end, I probably didn't do it with much skill. I was probably centre-half bench the whole time. But, um, but yeah, no, I've been really lucky again. I've just always been able to keep up with mates during sport. I know a lot of kids with CF can't really you know, keep up a lot of the time, but that's just what I've really been most grateful for is I've been able to at least do everything like everyone else. And that's all I've really been hoping for. Yeah. And you said CF diabetes too. Was that about 13, 12 years of age? Uh, yeah, it would have been about 13, 14. Yeah. I think it was about 20, 2016. Yeah. It was October, 2016. I'm just coming on four years now. Yeah. Is that for you? Was it very borderline or was it more serious? Um, yeah, it was pretty borderline. Luckily, they um, the doctors did say if I didn't have cystic fibrosis, I wouldn't count as diabetic either. So, um, yeah. so yeah, I've been really lucky in that regard, and I've sort of just been able to keep it at bay and all that sort of stuff. But um, but at the same time, you just got to stay on top of it um, 24/7, and and you're sweet to go. Because I had the same thing, man. I had exactly the same as you. Probably, I think I was 13. I was diagnosed with the diabetes. I took insulin for about six and a half years and probably not far off where you are now, about 18, 19, I just didn't need it anymore. I think once you sort of get out of that heavy growth period of puberty, your body doesn't need as much insulin. And yeah. for me, I just, I didn't have to take it anymore. I just control my diet pretty well now. A couple of cakes and donuts here and there, but just, um, I just keep it pretty steady and then I don't have to take insulin anymore. So it's um the body's a funny thing man especially with yeah. CF. sometimes you go how the fuck does this work but it just does yeah exactly no hopefully i'll be like yeah i won't be able to you know have to take it in a couple of years but um i'm sick of doing the bloody jab that's the worst bit about it yeah. but um but yeah no i just really try to you know keep my like feet on the ground and just realize that compared to a lot of other people i'm um i'm very very lucky definitely hey talk to me sort of post school once it's all finished up i think i've heard you say before your atar may be a little bit of a mystery um yeah. may, may do a houdini on you and go missing but what are your plans do you want to go to university do you want to study further in the film tv industry or do you think you'll yeah, take alternate route? um yeah well i've um i'm just weighing up my options really i think the main goal is to just move out that's the um that's the okay. thing i want to do most just just get that experience um you know, in Melbourne or something, just move out of the country town that I've been in for the past 18 years. But, um, but yeah, probably uni is the best way to go about that. So um, I'm just applying for like film and television courses at, uh, you know, RMIT, Swinburne, all that sort of stuff. And then um, with this whole bloody TikTok stuff, a lot of people have been telling me to try give acting a go. So I've been applying for a few of those courses as well to, uh, 
to try to boost up the resume in terms of that. But, um, but yeah, we'll just see how we go. And um, I'll probably accept an offer if I get an offer up in Melbourne. But, um, but yeah, if not, I'll just uh, try to find a job, make a bit of moolah and, uh, and, yeah, just keep cruising along. Where in Melbourne would you like to be? Like what part of the city? Um, yeah, good question. Uh, I've got a few uh, roommates that I'm looking um, that we're always looking on uh, online for for spots with, but um, pretty much maybe like Carlton, Collingwood, Hawthorne type areas, like sort of yeah. like outer, like not outer suburbs, but like not in the city, not out of the city, yeah, just yeah, kind right. of in that good little spot. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Elwood, man. Fuck, it's a good spot. Yeah, no, I have heard good things about Elwood. You know, and it was cheap too, man. I reckon I was the poorest bloke in the whole suburb. <laughs> was, um, I was—I think I paid like three hundred and forty-five bucks a week in rent for this little yeah. bedroom apartment. But man, it was tidy as, and it's such a nice spot. Like this, the suburbs of Melbourne are gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. No, they've all. I had a brother move out a couple of years ago who was looking for spots, and when we were looking, all the spots looked bloody good. So, um, hopefully, I can get somewhere close to there. I can imagine there's a lot of opportunity to collaborate with more people in the social space when you're there. I, I see yeah. you've done maybe one or two of you've caught up. Was there some sort of like Aussie hype house style thing they were trying to create at once? Oh yeah. And yeah, I no, I'm, yeah. I was led to believe that was just like a party slash uh, piss up sort of thing. I did. I, um, as soon as I like left that night, I was like, they're going to try and make this a fucking hype house. And then the next day they'd, they were posting stuff about a hype house. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> and then, um, people would make videos about it online, just roasting the shit out of us. And they, um, that, like there was a couple of videos online that were like, um, start a petition to, um, end the Aussie hype house. And me and this other bloke that were there, we both were commenting on them like shit, like how do we fucking sign mate and all that type of Who stuff. We just like, um, me and this other bloke called Stefan Gerard, he does like, fu like funny videos as well. And he's an absolute yeah. legend, but, um, we're just not built for that hype house sort of environment. Yeah. How, how is like, Obviously, because when you're a creator on one of these apps and you're having success, everyone wants to be a mate, right? And, and that's within yeah. that successful TikTok space. You know, I've seen you, you seem to be pretty close with Liam Dowling. Yeah. He's doing really well. It seems like you've kind of found your niche in that sort of comedic sort of skit and character-based sort of sector. The couple of guys that are doing that and you guys all collaborate and chat and you've all got very different styles, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, no, they've been really good. Um, probably Liam's the one I've been talking to the most. He um he started TikTok a little bit later than me and when he was at about he was at less than ten K followers and he and he chucked me a message asking um like what sort of stuff he should um try to do on TikTok. So I just tried to like help him out the best I can and give him some good advice and um uh, yeah, he's really just blown up and I'm super, super proud of what he's, you know, been able to do because he's like, he's really talented and he's just like really, really funny in terms of like, um, you know, that Aussie sort of, uh, sort of humor and character work and all that sort of stuff. So I can see him doing really good shit in the future, but, um, but yeah, there's so many people on, on TikTok now that are just doing really, really good shit. And, um, like again, finding their niches and all that talk, sort of stuff, and just um, you know, they're all a bunch of really talented people. So it's uh, it's a good community we've got going. To be honest, I've seen the videos on YouTube, and I've seen you know the Demelios, the Addison Rays walking out of a restaurant in LA, and there's paparazzi there asking them every question under the sun. When you walk outside to the car to the Camry in Wodonga, 
how many paparazzi stop you? Uh, I, I have to say, there's not many. I'll get when I go out in Albury or Wodonga, I'll have about maybe three or four people come up to me asking, you know, asking who I am, asking if it's actually me or not. But um, the, probably the closest I've got to it is coming out of a club in in bloody Melbourne. I was at Flamingos and we just came out. And then about a group of 10 girls, I walked around the corner and I saw them and they saw me and they just started screaming. And I was like, oh, well, this is, this is fucking weird. But, um, but no, that was pretty much the first time I've ever, I'd ever had a like fan interaction. So it was very weird the first time it happened. But, um, but yeah, it's really weird when that shit happens. It's weird to know that like people actually know you outside of your mates. I tell you what, 10 screaming girls is better than 10 screaming lads asking for a photo. Yeah. So ride <laughs> yeah, that exactly. wave while you can, brother. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> talk to me about future. Have you ever thought, you know, I, I can imagine you get it all the time about that move overseas. It's obviously still a lot of opportunity here in Oz. And I think maybe the Aussie market's even bigger than we realise with, with social now. You don't need to be overseas. But have you thought about that? COVID's probably not helping, but is that a future plan to potentially explore options in, you know, in LA, New York, somewhere like that? Yeah, probably. I've, I've thought about it. I've always wanted to, you know, take a, like a good extended run over there. Like just living there like a couple of years ago, I was like, that'd be really cool to just experience um, and all that sort of stuff. But um, I guess in terms of social media and doing stuff online, I guess there's not really that need for being somewhere else because right now you can basically do anything from anywhere. But um, in terms of doing that more professional stuff like stand up and acting and all that sort of stuff, I'd love to go over to, you know, LA or New York or even over in Europe, you know, Europe has a really good film and television industry. So, um, so yeah, more professional stuff like that. I'd love to go overseas, uh, and experience because the Aussie uh, Aussie film and television market probably isn't as as high standing as um as those other places. Yeah. But um yeah, I, again, just taking everything by year and seeing what comes. Definitely. Now you just mentioned it a second ago. You had you know early days, Liam Dowling come to you for some advice. I can imagine you get creators all the time now that want your two cents worth. And you know one thing I love about you and the way that you create is I can see it's very much yourself. It's you just being you. And I think that's what makes any creator great at what they do and the content they produce. But do you have some sort of tip or, you know, say for example, you know, you got young, one young lad or one young girl that wants to create a social following and do what they love. Is there any opportunity that you see people not taking? Um, well, I'm not too sure. Again, I just really lucked into this sort of thing and fell into it. But um, whenever someone comes to me, I just pretty much tell them the same thing is just like, have fun with it. There's no real point just like really thinking about the content you're making and really think about like, oh, will this go viral or will this, you know, get these sorts of numbers? Because like most of the time, the stuff that comes out organically and comes like very naturally, especially for Com like comedy content um those are the videos that do like probably the best in my opinion and all that sort of stuff but um but yeah just have fun with it because if the or the audience is going to tell if you're going if you're having fun shooting something and making something and that'll translate and that um and that really just boosts the likelihood of them pushing like or pushing follow or making a comment or something like that so um so yeah just have fun with it that's my um my main piece of advice I think it's a really good way to end off, mate. I really appreciate your time, you coming on the show. Um, mate, I'm going to continue to follow the journey. I absolutely love everything you're posting and 
you are genuinely a downright good, funny Aussie lad. And it's just good to see you having some success, mate, and looking after your health and, and taking off. So I give you all the congratulations in the world and wish you all the best of luck in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, where can they find Mr. Blake Pavey on Instagram? Well, you can find me at just at Blake Pavey, pretty, uh, pretty simple. So, um, you know, go chuck me a follow, chuck me a DM, whatever you want to do. And, um, yeah, we'll be sweet to go. Unreal. Blake, you're a legend. Thanks for coming on, mate. Too easy, mate. Thanks for having me on.